The Theonauts, episode 38. The one where it's always Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. The Theonauts Podcast. <laughs> Explore the vast reaches of God's word. Hello, all you Theo Hill catchers out there. <laughs> How you doing? How's it going? It's a good one. I'm David Gaddy. I'm Jeremiah Orr. And together we are the Theo Knots. <laughs> For your entertainment. You must have had like a Red Bull before. <laughs> No, no. Just a, a lot of coffee. If I could take some of your energy and bottle it up, it'd be great. How's how's the uh, the oolong tea there? Oh, it's so refreshing. <laughs> it's wonderful. I love it. Thank you. It's got ginger in it. It's clearing the sinuses. So if you see the stuff running down into the... That's what the beard's for, to catch it all. <laughs> so no, no problem. Yeah, so uh, yeah, we're running a little behind this week. When are we not running a little behind? But that's okay. Yes. Jeremiah is swimming in mucus. That's right. I I caught the bug, as they say. <laughs> I've been laying on my couch for two days watching nothing but TV. I finished all of Parks and Rec, so now I'm kind of bummed. Well, like the whole series? The whole series is done. <laughs> the entire one. I'm a big fan of Parks and Rec, by the way. Dude, have you ever watched that? Just an episode or two. Oh, my goodness. Ron Swanson is the greatest character of all time. (laughs) He is a man's man. (laughs) Anyways, that's what I've been doing. Well, we need to, like, you know, we need to have the the GCT network embroidered, like, on a handkerchief. (laughs) That way it could be our death catcher. Yeah, that'd be great. Because, you know, between you and Brendan. Oh, seriously. Keep getting sick. We, we could market that. We could. We so, could. how's Brendan doing? By the way, is he feeling better? Hopefully, I think so. Yeah. I think he's feeling good right now. Good. I don't know. I'm not like you know in Tennessee or anything. Hey, Brendan, how you us, how you feeling? Brendan? Tell us how you're doing. <laughs> we need to we need to beat at some point. Yeah, we do. We, we need do. to have like a, just a road trip. Yeah, and just meet even each if other. we meet halfway or something. Right. I don't know. Be great. At, Where's halfway from Tennessee to here? I guess it'd be Arkansas. Arkansas. <laughs> yeah. Little Rock. <laughs> All right, Brendan, <laughs> Michael, we're meeting in Little Rock. <laughs> Sounds great. We'll have a we'll have a we'll have a uh, Great Commission Transmission Convention. Yeah. Hey, that's there you go. That way you can write it off. Right. That's a great idea. It's a, it's a business expense. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so man, I have been dealing with uh, a tooth. That is that was just been a miserable experience. I know you just went through this whole I tooth totally, extraction thing. Yeah, I totally feel oh, you. Oh man. man, Monday, I I had my rear uh, molar oh. break off at the gum. And what were you eating, by the way? Tuna. <laughs> I mean, come on! It wasn't a bone or anything. Wow. Would, well, what it was was they had worked on that tooth before. Yeah, and they barely salvaged it prior because of the root canal was right. so intense or whatever and um <clears throat> so anyway it just snapped off oh. so it wasn't really bothering me too much because it's dead tooth anyway right 
But I went to the dentist, and he's like, well, we got to get those roots out of there. And I'm like, well, you ain't got nothing to grab a hold of. What are you going to do? He says, that's where my expertise comes in. <laughs> and he pulls out the chisel and the hammer. <laughs> Were you like, give me the happy sauce, Captain? <laughs> Two hours, man. Oh, man. Of him grinding into my jaw. <sighs> and is I feel like I've been hit with a two-by-four across the face. Yeah. Well, I can understand like that. Dude. Tommy yeah. Boyd. Did you ever see Tommy Boyd? Oh, yeah. When he he's gets... like, do I look okay? Oh, you look fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nothing's wrong with <laughs> like, what happened to you? <laughs> but, yeah, my my whole side of my jaw is killing me. I've been living on ibuprofen now yeah. for days. Well, it's, don't get hooked, man. Don't get hooked. No, no, no. Just uh, as long as I can. That's good. Function? Yeah, as long as I can. Come on and do this. That's awesome. Then I'm good. Hey, man, we can hold each other up today. Yeah. That's so good. now that we're done complaining about everything that's, <laughs> that's I'm going so old and sick wrong. and tired. Everything's breaking down. <laughs> I can't handle it anymore. But God is good. Hey, man, all the time. And all the time. God is good. <laughs> all right. Awesome. So, hey. Um, I got some news. Let's do some news. All right. And now the news. Well, <laughs> sorry, I wasn't quite ready for that. That was so. <laughs> David's over here slurping on his icy thing, icy drink, and okay, all right. So the news. Here we go. Uh, earlier this past week, uh, Duke announced that they would be doing a uh, uh, on Fridays. It would be doing a traditional Muslim call to prayer from its Duke Chapel, which is a from its Dukedom, Dukedom, yeah, from its historic uh, Christian. <laughs> Uh, chapel site uh, and of course everybody got up in arms of course about that and so me included I wrote a rather hotly uh, worded uh, blog over it I'll make sure and put that link in our show notes yeah you need to because I, I really I was really frustrated my whole thing was I wasn't so frustrated they were doing it there were a couple things that frustrated me the first one was their dean of religious uh, organization or whatever said that this was a <clears throat> the fulfilling of a you know the calling of Duke University and I'm sitting back and going you don't know Duke University yeah you, you don't think, know your own history yeah if you think this is fulfilling the calling Duke University started out as Trinity University it was a Methodist Christian school that trained pastors for free in other words if you wanted to become a seminarian you could go here and get your seminary degree for free back in the day they were very Christian. They were focused all on the gospel of Jesus. That's why they even have a chapel to begin with. The mm. reason they're named Duke is because they were uh, given tons of money by the Duke family, which was a prominent uh, Methodist family, <laughs> Christian family. And anyways, that's where they're buried is a Duke chapel. And that's that's the uh, history of a lot. Oh, of oh, yeah. universities in in America, right? These old school universities have been there forever. Sure, I mean almost all of them have this type of roots, right? When you think of Harvard, Yale, Princeton, yeah, all these all these schools <clears throat> started out as Christian schools, um, and they, that's the reason why they have chapels. <laughs> mm-hmm. Surprise, surprise. So, anyways, so it really frustrated me. There, I mean, Duke's uh, motto is education and religion. 
That's mm-hmm. it. And mm-hmm. they're not talking about the hokey new religion. They're talking about old school religion. Uh, the original religion that they people used to think of whenever you said religion, which is not Muslim or Jewish or any other. It's Judeo-Christian religion. Yeah, that's what at least they here, mean. at least here in America, that's, that's what that's yeah what. in America is what they mean. And I don't have a problem with them doing it as long as maybe if Christians were able to do the same thing. Now, if a Christian stood up and said, "Hey, every Friday." I want to stand up in the bell tower. I want you to give me a microphone so it reaches every part of the Christian campus, and I'm going to pray over everybody. What do you think? Oh, man, it'd be like (laughs) separation, church and state. That's right. Get that guy out of the tower now. Exactly. And so that's why I'm very frustrated about this. Franklin Graham came out against it, uh, fought vehemently against it, uh, and his argument was, listen, uh, the Muslim religion, even though there are peaceful Muslims, their religion is inherently against Christianity, and they they desire to destroy Christian mm. Christianity, and so and not just Christianity, but every other religion right. and every other thing right. that's not Muslim, and so therefore we it is a religion violence. founded on violence. It is, and it, it is. And, and the their holy book teaches violence. Right. Their champion Muhammad preached violence. It's right. a violent. Uh, and, and, you know, people talk about radical Muslims. Well, there's radical Christians, too. Well, no, it's not the same. There's crazy Christians. That's right. But a radical Christian is pacifist to the nth degree. Right. I mean, because he's, like, all about grace and mercy He's and one that wants to lay down his life completely. <clears throat> right. Whereas a radical Muslim is one that wants to run into a building with bombs strapped to his chest. Right. Convert or die. That's right. And um, the, the Christian says... I want you to convert, and I'll die for right. it to happen. Exactly. I mean, that's what a radical Christian yeah, is. Like. Paul was a radical Christian. He said, "I, I would that I could take hell for them." You know, right. and that's the reality. So, anyways, um, uh, Duke has since reversed that decision, uh, and they claim there have been threats to the university, which. I'm kind of worried, you know, about I hope <laughs> radical Christians, radical Christians. <laughs> and I wouldn't call these radical. I'd call call these nutball Christians. Right. Right. Psycho uh, Christians. Right. CNN uh, reports that Duke University officials on Friday cited security concerns as part of the reason for the school's reversal of its decision to allow Muslim call prayer uh, to sound from the campus chapel bell, bell tower. Neither the uh, Durham, North Carolina school, nor the local FBI office, which was made aware of the situation at Duke, would specify details of these concerns, but uh, Schoenfield, the university vice president of public affairs, uh, said the number of tones of the calls were pretty loud and nasty. Well, uh, I imagine people were up in arms. Uh, we have heard a lot of people who have had a lot of interesting and important opinions and perspectives on this, Schoenfield said. In a statement third, Thursday, the school said plans changed because of its efforts to unify was not having the intended effect. <laughs> so, <laughs> shocker! We, we really didn't imp- intend on this uh, up in arms, this backlash, right? <laughs> Which I think is an awesome saying when you really stop and think about it. Up in arms, up in arms. That means you're out of your seat with your guns pulled. <laughs> That's right. You're up in arms, <laughs> up and in arms. <laughs> Something else that might get uh, some people up in arms: the Supreme Court is going to decide on gay marriage on Friday. Um, I believe that's this coming Friday. Yes. 
this coming Friday. The U.S. Supreme Court announced Friday it will review the Sixth Circuit marriage cases, thereby decide the future of marriage in America. Christian groups of the people and their elected representatives and not the unelected judges should decide if America should legally recognize gay marriage. So marriage is going to be decided upon in the national court now instead of the state courts. Uh, and so they're going to oppose. So it's their, no longer going to be a state issue. Nope. But I, I guess according to this, it's going to become a national issue. Um, whereas, I believe the majority of people want it to be a state issue, mm-hmm. uh, want it to be decided state by state and not uh, nationally. Uh, yet we know our national government, especially right now, is focused on <laughs> big government. And, yeah, yeah. And so uh, they're going to be well, deciding. Let's, let's control your life. Right. So Let's regulate everything. Uh, we need to be in prayer for that decision on Friday. Uh, <clears throat> the argument of Again, you know, is what is marriage? Marriage, the definition of marriage is going to be a huge argument of this whole thing. Is it one man and one woman? Is it a unification of two people? Is it, what is it? So, and uh, I'm not a big uh, up in arms type of person on this. I'm like, whatever. In God's eyes, there's only one definition and that's all that matters. Right, so, right. Uh, that's my take. But in, in, in just like a lot of these things for me, it's, um, I mean, I, I'd like to see laws that legislate my beliefs, but the flip side of that is I don't need laws to legislate my beliefs. Right. Uh, I can stand for what I believe, even if, even if that's against the law. Right. And um, so, I mean, I used to be very much the other way around. I mean, I used to be like, oh man, we have to, uh, we have to legalize this and don't legalize that. And, yeah. you know, the whole legalizing marijuana was a big, huge deal. Or, right. And, and uh, the gay marriage thing and abortion and all this. And although those are still all important topics, to me, we need to start solving those at grassroots levels sure. instead of at the top. It's not a top-down thing. Right. It's a bottom-up thing. you got to get the hearts of the people to change. And then legislation will follow. It'll be a natural occurrence. Yeah, you can't you can't start at the top and, and force everybody into it because right. it's pointless. <clears throat> then you you're not you're not really achieving your goals. You're yeah. just making the government on your side. And also, I tend to think that I don't know. I think my Christian beliefs would actually thrive in a government that is against them. Right. To a certain extent, because I believe that it, it actually forces me to to walk what I'm, you know, what mm-hmm. I'm saying instead mm-hmm. of, you know, going against the grain is always harder, but it, it makes you more of a, a, a follower. And not only that, but, it you know, it teaches you to love uh, so much better, I believe. Uh, I'm not about fighting uh, against somebody's rights quote unquote mm-hmm. i'm about loving that person and telling them about jesus period right and, and, so, and whenever you look back in the history what you're saying has been evident christianity has always grown under persecution right and it's always floundered under freedom right and you know i think we're we're living proof of it yes christianity is on every corner here in america but is it live? Is it alive is it real is, is it right Authentic. is it thriving is yeah. it growing is it changing anything or is it just a name that right. people slap on their building? <clears throat> so, uh, and I'm, I'm not saying that, that people aren't energized in churches. I'm just saying that overall, that kind of overall uh, message, I think that Christianity 
grows more when it's persecuted. Right. Because that's where it was born out of. Yeah. So, you know. Anyways, I have one more, uh, one more interesting uh, article. The boy who came back from heaven retracts his story. <laughs> So th- this was one of the major books that came along with uh, near-death near experience. Yeah, it's a near-death experience book. Sold alongside Don Piper's Ninety Minutes in Heaven and uh, the other one, which is really famous, uh, Heaven Is for Real. Right. Actually sold in Lifeway. You can go and get pick this up in Lifeway. Uh, it was a co- book called The Boy Who Came Back from Heaven, uh, and then underneath it says a true story. Um, Tyndall House Publishers to stop production of the book and DVD of The Boy Who Came Back from Heaven after the book's co-author and subject, Alex Malarkey, that's his name, Malarkey, <laughs> not even, like, release a statement retracting the book's <laughs> content. I wrote a book. <laughs> and it was Malarkey. It was Malarkey. <laughs> Alex Malarkey released a statement retracting the book's contents. In open letter, the self-described boy who did not come back from heaven wrote, Please forgive the brevity, but because of my limitations, I have to keep this short. I did not die. I did not go to heaven. I said I went to heaven because I thought it would get me attention. When I made the claims that I did, I had never read the Bible. People have profited from lies and continue to. They should read the Bible, which is enough. The Bible is the only source of truth. Anything written by man cannot be infallible. Amen. It is, yeah. <laughs> I'm saying, that's so crazy. Uh, it is only through repentance of your sins and belief in Jesus Christ as the Son of God who died for your sins, even though he committed none on his own, so you can be forgiven. May you learn of heaven outside of what is written in the Bible, not by reading the works of man. I want the whole world to know the Bible is sufficient. Those who market these materials must be called to repent and hold the Bible as enough. In Christ, Alex Malarkey. Yeah, that's awesome. What an amazing statement. <clears throat> uh, by the way, Alex, I think he's like 16. Mm-hmm. He was six whenever this He was in a car happened. wreck, right? Uh, he was paralyzed in 2004 in a car accident and spent two months in a coma. After waking, he reported seeing angels that took him to the gates of heaven, hearing unearthly music meeting Jesus. Um, it was co-authored by his father, Kevin Malarkey, and released it to Nell in 2010. Um, well, you know, there's something there that he said that um, that I want to echo, and, and that is, and this is a disclaimer, just sure. because you hear people saying things and just because you read something in a book or, or whatever, that stuff is not inspired Word of God. We... I mean, we feel called to do this type of thing, but that doesn't mean what we're saying is inspired. We're speaking, we're both just guys trying to follow God as best we can, right. trying to understand the Bible the best we can, sure. and we are hoping that you will do the same, not that you will follow us or not that you will listen to what we say. Oh, well, the Theonaut said, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. If you're ever in an argument and that comes up. <laughs> it's a weak argument, man, you, dude. Man, <laughs> dude, you need to really take a step yeah. back. <laughs> because, um, the you know, uh, I think Acts 17 11 is the best disclaimer in the world for guys like us. 
you know, because you, you got the 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 Bereans. You know, yeah. everyone's familiar with that whole statement that the Bereans were more noble than those in Thessalonica. This is Paul passing through both these towns. Right. He's like, because these guys actually went to their Bibles right. to see if what we were saying was true. That's good. And they read it daily. And okay, this is Paul. Yeah. Who is inspired by God. Right. And he's saying, don't take my word for it. Yeah. Go back and Go search it. Check this stuff out yourself. Right. And so there, there's too many times. I mean, it's great to read books. It's just like sharing knowledge is all it is. It's right. great to read books by men, but ultimately, none of that is inspired by God. It comes from the Bible. Right. And if your faith is in these books rather than the Bible, you really need to look at your faith. Yeah. And go, what? What is? What? Why are you struggling? You could believe this six-year-old who says he goes, you know, goes back to heaven, <laughs> and uh, the inspired word of God. Uh, something's really interesting. In 2014, uh, Alex's mom, Beth, uh, who divorced Kevin and Alex's primary, uh, and is Alex's primary caregiver, said that his name was being used against his wishes. So back then, like in 2000, like early 2014, he was trying to put the brakes on. Yeah, and they were like, "No, we're going to continue making money." That's right. Yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> so that's pretty sad. Wow. Is that the uh, news? That's all I got for you today. All right, let's lighten it up a little bit. Sweet. Theo Trivia. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Welcome, welcome all. Welcome. Thanks, thanks Wormwood. Thanks for the introduction. <laughs> so right. that was screw tape. Yeah. Was that screw tape or Wormwood? Screw tape. I always mess up. <laughs> we never actually hear from Wormwood. You know I, that I that I know. Right, of. we only hear from Screw Tape. Yeah, we should write a rebuttal to Screw Tape, <laughs> my dear like Wormwood, a, my dear, or my dear, my dear Screw Tape from Wormwood. Man, quit I, telling me what to do. Yeah, <laughs> I know what I'm doing. Back off. I actually be more like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm Batman. <laughs> All right, yeah, we get Christian Bale to play Wormwood. Yeah, that's a great idea. Oh, awesome. Okay. Okay. So you want to go first? Yeah. Sure. All right, which category would you like? Let's do, what's the L and S? Letters, numbers, sequences. No. What's HG? History and geography. Yeah, let's do that. All right. For whom were the Hanging Gardens of Babylon built? Oh, for... Uh... There's not a scripture for this, by the way. I know. I'm trying to think of her name. Her name, right? Yes. It's for Chick. It was for You his, don't even need a name. You just need a descriptive term. It was for his wife, the king's wife. Uh, Which was? The queen. Yeah, but what, who's? The queen of Babylon. Good enough. <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar's That was wife? Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar's wife. Yeah, okay. Awesome. Cool. All right, give me the letters, numbers, and sequences. Sweet. We keep, I can't believe it. We've talked about that one, but we haven't actually done one yet. Okay. These can get weird. What is the middle chapter of the Bible? The middle chapter of the Bible. I preach on this all the time. Do you really? I do, because it's pretty awesome. Um, I'm saying, I'm thinking Psalms. Yes. Psalms 119. Yes. Oh, yes. That's just because it's so big. I figured it had to cover a lot of ground. Pretty much. (laughs) Okay. 
Okay, what do you want? Um, and by the way, what is Psalm 119 about? Ah, uh, lots of stuff. No, it's about one thing. <laughs> okay. well, well, it, it's huge. In, it addresses, in, enlighten us. It's huge. It addresses one thing that scripture is precious and inerrant. Awesome. Right in the middle awesome. of the Bible. That's awesome. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's a great punch. Okay, anyways, all right. All right, what do you want? Uh, let's go with, uh, what is P? Prophecy. What's, is that what, the one you want? Yes, yeah, your prophecy. Okay. <coughs> what Old Testament prophet saw a vision of a flying roll? I mean, I haven't been playing this stuff. A flight. Roll. R-O-L-L. Like roll, roll. Was it like the Pillsbury Doughboy? <laughs> what in the world? It's like a flying roll, like a wheel. R O L L. I don't remember a flying roll. I know that Ezekiel saw the wheel way up in the middle of the sky. I'm gonna go with Ezekiel. Oh man! No, that would be Zechariah. <laughs> and you can read about the flying roll in Zechariah 5 and the first two verses there. I'm going to have so, to do that. Yeah, scratch that down. All right. One more for you. Okay, one more. What do you want? Oh, um, let's go Old Testament. You want to go Old Testament <clears throat> on me? All right. Oh, that one's too easy. <laughs> I like how you pick through the ones you give me. Hold on. Well, I mean, that was way too easy to get that <laughs> so quick. Whose punishment involved the death of 70,000 of his men from a plague? I love that. <laughs> That would be David. Yeah, after, it was David. After he uh, he disobeyed the command not to take census. That's right. He and took a census and lost 70,000. And he had his choice yeah. of, of, of punishments. What was his other choice? What was the other one? Uh, he had to ask. You said well, it. it was, uh, the famine was the one that he chose. The other one was, oh, I have to look it up. But anyway, the uh, I always thought that was a weird thing. Why uh, why God would punish him for counting the people. And you know what the source of of the crime there is? Pride? Yeah. Yeah. Because because he was, uh, if you counted something, it meant you owned it. Right. Right? I love counting my money. Right, and you would think the king sure. should feel like he could count his people. Right. And... You know, because he's the king, but he's not the real king. Right. right? The real king is God. Exactly. These were God's people, not his people, and they could only be counted because God commanded, commanded it. it. So, all right. Awesome. Let's Amen. That's a good lesson. The more you know. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. The more you know what? The more you know, I don't know. <laughs> the more the, you know, the more you grow. Yeah, it's the after school special. Yeah, again. the star pops up. <laughs> so, are you a middle child? No, I am a firstborn child. Are you? Yeah. 
I'm a second-born child. I was the youngest. I grew up as the youngest, and then I became the middle when my parents chose to adopt after I graduated high school. Oh. So. So that's going to play in. (laughs) I just want you to know that. With what we're talking about. For no reason at all. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so um, we're going to start a new series and it may be just an ongoing series yeah. because this one can get crazy. Yeah. Uh, and I know Tokes. that we're not done with our creationism series, so don't give up on us on that. We've still got a couple more of those <laughs> to go. Right. Uh, but we want to start out with, or we want to do this this new series on types and shadows. Right. Okay. And uh, the reason uh, why this struck me, actually, I owe it to Michael and Brendan over there at the Finding Christ in Cinema. FCC, baby. Go check them out. And uh, learn to find Christ in the movies that you watch so you can witness to others. Word. So um, they're going through the Lord of the Rings series of movies right now. Yeah. And they are making types out of the characters. And my axe. And and (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) One just does not simply walk into Into Mordor. So um, (laughs) I'm, I'm saying they're making types. And and that's not entirely true, but they are because yeah. Tolkien said I dislike allegory, so he didn't really intend it to be a specific allegory right. for you. He's not like uh, C.S. Lewis, no. who did the whole. He's all about allegory. Yeah, yeah, it's all about allegory. But <clears throat> so, but you can you can still find allegory in there. Yep. Uh, through the through the the uh, the charms and wits of our friends over there at Finding right. Christ in Cinema. Um, in just about any movie. So one of the things that, that Michael was talking about was how much he loved types and shadows. And I'm thinking, I love that too. That's <laughs> one of my favorite things to study is to look at something and look for mostly the type of Christ that's found in it. Word. All throughout the Old Testament, all throughout all these stories that we're, we know and love, there's all this example of Jesus being built. Well, the whole book's about Jesus. Right. He said there in Psalms 40, lo, the book is written about me. Right. And so, yeah, the whole thing is about him. Sure. And so uh, this, in this series, what we're going to do is we're going to, each time we do it, we'll pick something and we'll see what was the type or shadow that was being cast in the things that we're talking about. Right. And in this particular one, we we want to talk about (laughs) is, the blessing that is received by the lesser son, yes, not the firstborn, the second son of the second son, right? So, what are we gonna call this? Not the firstborn, not the firstborn, <laughs> which you know, under Jewish cult, uh, culture and prior to them even be, being called Jews, there was always the idea the firstborn son, right, received all the blessings, right? And, um, so what we want to do is go through some scripture just to see, okay, um, how, how much has this happened and how many times did God break that model? Yeah. And, and that's what's really cool is that when God sets up an order or a structure or whatever, and then he himself breaks it, it's like he's trying to make a point. Right. So whenever that happens, it's one of the things we really need to take focus on because a lot of times you can read something in the Old Testament especially, and and say, oh, see, this is God's will. This is what God wants, et cetera, et cetera. But then you're not following it through to its conclusion right. and seeing, well, not necessarily so because God chose to break his own right. his God. own his own setup there. And this is one of those. 
So what is the deal with not giving that firstborn what he deserves? <laughs> right? Right. And I, like I said, I'm a firstborn child. I deserve it. Sure you do. <laughs> Just for being born first. Exactly. Yeah. Because I earned it because I got out first. Right. Good job. <laughs> wow. So many times in scripture this is broken. Yeah. Okay. So first off, let's talk about the first son sure. in scripture or the first kids in the first family in scripture. Okay. And so we've talked about them before. Who is that? The first family in yeah. scripture? Adam yeah. and Eve. Adam and Eve. Right. And, and all their three kids. Their three kids. <laughs> they only had three. Yeah. They, they populated the whole earth with three kids. Right. <laughs> uh, of course, if you're a listener, you know that we've already debunked all that stuff. Sure. So, uh, but... There's three that are mentioned for this almost this specific reason. Right. So we've got who is the firstborn? The firstborn is Cain. No. Is that right? Uh Abel or Cain. It doesn't really matter because Abel was killed. No, Abel is the firstborn. Abel, right. Cain's the second born. So uh but Cain kills Abel. Right. Okay, so um uh now all of a sudden Cain is the oldest, right? Right. So the blessing falls to Cain, right? But Cain <laughs> murdered, murdered his, his, brother. his brother. That's right. And so he gets kicked out of the garden and he gets, you know, basically thrown to the wolves and says, uh, you have to be wonder for the rest of your life. You're marked with a curse. Mm -hmm. You can never settle in one place. And, you know, you're going to be. Ends up in the land of Nod. In the land of Nod. That's right. <laughs> And um, and it, what, what's what's cool is you can read the lineages of Cain. You can read the lineages of Seth, who was right. the third one mentioned. Right, the third one. So, <clears throat> and Seth's name is important. Do you know what the word the name Seth means? I have a feeling you're going to tell me. It means appointed. Oh, so the appointed one. Yes. So the chosen one. And and when Eve has him, she says, "His name shall be Seth, for God has appointed me." Son. son and uh so this is important because now we have two lineages recorded in scripture one yeah. in genesis 4 one in genesis 5 genesis 4 talks about cain and there's this mimicking thing you'll see the names are almost the same huh. in these lineages like cain's descendants des named their kids the same thing that Seth's descendants were naming their kids it's almost like this duplicate thing but it's just uh I don't know, just a uh, cheap replica because right. they never <clears throat> they never ended up doing anything in, that we know of in Scripture according to God's will. Huh. It, salvation of mankind fell all the way through the lineage of Seth. Of Seth, right? So, um, so anyway, that's the first case where we have the firstborn not receiving uh, the blessing, right? The appointment. It right. was given to... Well, Abel should have received it to begin with. He gets killed. Cain is the second in line. He gets thrown away, basically, because he kills. So it's appointed to Seth, the third right. born. Right. Wow. Okay. So, um, and, and we're not all-encompassing here. I mean, we may be missing some, but we've got, you know, several that, that show up. Uh, right. The next one I've got on the list here is uh, Ishmael and Isaac. Yes. This, these are Abraham's sons. Yes. Uh, Ishmael is the firstborn of Abraham, uh, who's had by the handmaiden of Sarah's uh, 
slave or whatever her handmaiden, mm-hmm. and uh, and so Hagar the horrible Hagar, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then then comes along Isaac, right? Right. And when Isaac is born, Sarah looks at Ish and uh, and Hagar and goes, "They got to go." <laughs> Right. Yeah. There is this all kinds of rivalry that pops oh, yeah. up in this. And this is not uh, unusual in scripture either. This this family rivalry. Sure. This sibling rivalry or wife rivalry. Rivalry. that Because it happens again with Jacob and his wives. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Jacob. I always think about that. We'll get or to Leah. Yeah. Well, um, so, and, and I kind of feel sorry in a way for Hagar and Ishmael because they are, uh, they can't help right. what has happened, uh, but obviously, let's back up just a little bit. God had promised Abraham, right, the seed, uh, your seed will be the uh, will save the world, right. So that was this promise that He made that you, your that your generations will be like the sand in this on the uh, on the shore and the stars, stars in the, in the sky. sky right so he had all this promise you're gonna have a whole nation 90 year old guy yeah and he's like how's this gonna happen you know <laughs> and especially with a 90 year old wife who was barren at this point right or had been barren and and um so they took it upon themselves to fulfill god's promise yeah which is a big no-no yeah, you don't do that. Yeah, and that's and that's what even that's applicable today. Sure, uh, you really have to stop. You're not going to help God in in what He has planned. Well, even the thought of helping God is is ludicrous. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, God's going to take care. of He's sovereign. Right. He's going to take care of things. Things are going to go according to His will. Right. That's not going to change. You're not going to have an impact on it. Right. He might use you. Right. But sometimes you're not even going to know that. <laughs> So, um, but Abraham thought he could help God. Actually, Sarah really thought she could help God, right? And Abraham, her husband, by giving Hagar. Mm-hmm. So you know you have this screwed up, mm-hmm. you know, sexual deviation, which ends up being a, a terrible thing for for all of them involved, right? So, so the so you've got this this now handmaiden has a child, right? This is Abraham's child, firstborn, yeah. And he really likes Ishmael, right? Right. Uh, there's this jealousy between Hagar and Sarah, and when Sarah does receive the blessing of a child, and Isaac, man, this really causes a storm in the camp, right? And uh, finally, Hagar has to leave, yeah. takes Ishmael, and leaves. And this is uh, purportedly where the uh, Islamic people right come from uh up until abraham they're set there they're with the jews right you know <laughs> they're they're good with the jews up until abraham right. and then they 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 believe that they are descendant of ishmael although they can't trace their lineage like the jews can right so who knows if that's real or not right but he is the father of arabic nations yeah. and well god does say <laughs> in this in this uh he makes a promise to hagar Mm-hmm. And he says to Hagar, "I will raise a nation under your son, and right. and your nation, your son's nation, will always be in conflict, exactly with Abraham's right. son." So it nation. makes sense, right? Yeah. So, um, so you got that going on, and right. um, so obviously um, Isaac becomes the blessed child, right? Not the firstborn, 
Right. Okay, so once again, we see a breaking of tradition here. And again, this is a huge, it's not just something minor. This is a huge breaking of tradition because always the firstborn son was the one that, that rose up and, and, and took took uh, dominance, yeah. took everything. Yeah. And even if it was Sarah's handmaiden, it was still his his son. Mm-hmm. Um, women didn't play as big a part in this whole thing. It wasn't about the women. It was about the sons. Right. So uh, just the fact that this was, uh, you know, Abraham's son, he was the one, he was the rightful heir to, uh, to everything Abraham was going to get. But God chose not to make it that way. Correct. He actually chooses to put all of his blessing upon Isaac, right? Mm-hmm. He actually, um, uh, you know, fulfills his promise through Isaac. So, yeah, we we have Isaac rising up, the second son, mm-hmm. and becoming the and, heir. And part of the reason why this is an important thing in their culture that may be more so than our own is because they were patriarchal in their family units. So you didn't just have man and woman and kids, you had man, woman, kids, their kids, their, their right. children's children. You were responsible that the oldest man the who received the blessing is responsible for the entire tribe. Right. And uh, so it's very much he's the chief. Yeah. So even if you had brothers all living in this same group, the oldest son always had final word because he was the patriarch. Right. He was the final say on the matter which is how he had the authority right right and so uh totally different culture than what we're under but right so anyway it's important to know notice that um that isaac um was the one who was blessed instead of ishmael and also for further uh, for a different type that we're we'll talk about maybe some other time uh go to galatians and read about isaac and ishmael because there is right. a different there is a separate type and shadow being made there besides the one we're talking about. Um, and that's specifically about law and faith. And, right. But we'll talk about that, you know, some of the time. But for what we're going to look at this go-around, we haven't got to our point yet. <laughs> nope, we haven't at <laughs> okay, all. Okay, so um, Isaac then has children. Right. So we're just moving along this same family. Yeah, and this, one's, this one to me is the most prominent out of all of them. Yes, yes, this is a big one. Right, so the firstborn that Isaac has, Esau, mm-hmm. right, who's red and ruddy. Yeah, he's a man's man. He's a man's man. <clears throat> and these are... Yeah, <laughs> I like to hunt. <laughs> these I are, like venison. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> You're killing me over here. <laughs> these are actually twins, by the way. Um Esau is a twin of Jacob, but they are not, uh, what is it, paternal? Paternal means they look alike. Is that, uh, or is I, it, I'm not sure what those terms mean. But fraternal? 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 I can't remember. Whatever. They don't look alike. They're not identical. They're not identical twins. Uh, Jacob comes out of the womb mm-hmm. right after Esau. Right. And he's doing what? He is holding on right. to Esau's. Heel. Right. His, his ankle. His ankle. And so they name him Heel Grabber. Yes. Which, which that's what Jacob, Jacob, right. that's what Jacob means is heel catcher. Right. And so that, it also means prankster, by the way, or jokester. Right. Well, and, and what does it even mean a heel catcher besides the fact that he had a hold of his brother's 
heel, uh, there's there that's the physical um, representation of that name. But there's right. also a meaningful uh, connotation there. A heel catcher in their terminology would have been someone who is a trickster. Someone right. who is a deceiver, a liar. Yeah. The, and and what do we know about Jacob as he grows? Oh man, he is. <laughs> man, he fits that that Perfect. that name. That yeah. he is really. Uh, and then he's named Ish, uh, Israel, Israel later on. His yeah. name's changed after he wrestles with quote unquote the angel, uh, which many believe is a uh, theophany. Right, or, which or an, or an actual representation of Jesus, maybe a pre-incarnate Jesus or God Himself. Right, but anyway, this name is Israel means wrestles with God. Right, so now you've got a guy who was first named heel catching, lion thieving yeah. guy to now he wrestles with God. Right, <laughs> well, so, it makes sense. So you ever like. Imagine yourself running a race or running, and you have somebody reach out and grab your heel around as you're trying to run. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's horrible. <laughs> it's just, it makes you want to turn around and kick them. Right. 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 Well, that's that was you know, and uh, it's crazy the story because I mean, Jacob was a jerkhead. He is. I mean, he really is. Like, <laughs> I mean, there's not a. I mean, Jacob is great in scripture because he lets us know if God can bless this guy. Yeah. We all have a chance. Right. right. <laughs> so what does he do? Okay, so okay, the first so let's thing go back to, to Esau and Jacob. So right. they're, they're born. Uh, now, one of them's hairy and redheaded. Yeah, Esau is the epitome of a man. Jacob is the epitome of an affinitive or a effeminate yeah. man. He's not... He, the ruddy he stays man. home with mom. Yeah, and he likes to read and books. Reads. He's the annoying. He's the geek. Yeah, the yeah. annoying brother that's in there, you know, writing poetry and and he's know. always like, mm, <laughs> "Let's go catch us some venison. Right. Let's go kill something." <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you have these two totally different types. Right. And so you have a thing going on here, right? Where daddy likes Esau. He likes that man's man. Go catch me some meat, son. Right. Yeah, I mean, he, of course, I mean, this this fits natural. I mean, sure. You know, you like to play football, knock a kid down, bam, right. you know, get back up, you know. I mean, this is. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> so so he really, he bonds with Esau. Right. Mom, uh, she bonds with Jacob. Jacob, yeah. And so there's this, another rivalry in the right. family here happening, but especially between the sons. And we have this event that happens. Uh, what's going yes. on here? Okay, so uh, J- Esau's been out hunting for days, and he comes back, and boy, he's hungry. He's starving, finished. And uh, uh, Jacob is making a stew, you know. Because like, he cooks. He's yeah, that, he's, he's, a cooker. The, he's that type of guy. That's right. He yeah. cooks. And Esau comes, and he's like, mm, that smells really good. And, <laughs> and Jacob's like, oh, really? And so he goes to his trickster ways, and he says, Tell you what, I bet I bet you'd give anything for the stew, wouldn't you? Right now, and waves it in front of his face. You know, I have this picture of him. You know, <laughs> enticing him. And he's always like, "Yeah, I'd give anything, man. I'd give you." It's like, well, would you give me your birthright? Ooh. Oh. Now the birthright is different from the blessing. A lot of people get this mixed up. Okay. The blessing, from what I understand, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. No, you're doing good. Okay. What I understand is. 
the birthright is actually isn't it the the actual the money and the stuff that you get after the father dies right 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 so the actual inheritance Mm -hmm. okay so esau stupidly says yeah i'll I'll give you yeah what good is to me if i'm gonna die if i'm gonna die no come on really (laughs) you went out hunting now i don't know how long he was hunting right Right. I have this picture he'd been out there for days or something. Yeah. He's that, I'm going to die I'm anyway. I'm going to die anyway, so what point is it? If I don't eat your porridge. Right. So they exchange a bowl of soup for a birthright. Yes. Okay. I want to read a verse about that right quick because there's an important thing said here. And uh, this is in Genesis 25, verse uh, 34. Sure. And I'm reading from the New Century. And it says, Then Jacob gave Esau bread and vegetable soup, and he ate and drank and then left. So Esau showed how little he cared about his rights as the firstborn son. Huh. So th- this is this is implying, I mean, obviously he knew going on, at least part of this I'm losing. I'm, right. I'm losing my inheritance to the younger one. It means so little to me, in the words of Moses here, that... Um, it means so little that I'd be willing to trade a bowl of soup for it. Yeah, messed up. Yeah. So, uh, so then what happens? We end up with the death of of um, of Isaac. Uh, uh, yes. So Isaac's old and, <clears throat> and uh, blind, near, de- near death. He's anyway. near dead, and he's sitting in his chair, and and he knows he's about to die, and he's blind, and so he calls Ish to his side, and he says, "Hey." Go and hunt for me and kill me, you know, a, a good goat. Make me some of whatever. that venison I like yeah. so much. And then cook it up, bring it to me, and uh, and I'll give you the and I'll give you the blessing. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so um, uh, his wife, uh, remind me, Rebecca. Yeah, Rebecca overhears it, and she's like, "Oh, I'm gonna get my." favorite son to do this so she <laughs> let's co- be tricksters together right let's be heel catchers why don't we <laughs> so she takes jacob long story st- short makes him hairy by putting on some sheep's wool on his arms and stuff to make him feel manly and uh <laughs> and smell like comes in with some goat crap yeah he comes in with some goat and uh cooks <laughs> up some goat and brings it to the father and his father's like is that you my son and jacob jacob's like jacob's like jacob's like yes dad yes it's me it's me it's me so jacob ends up uh tricking esau out of both the birthright and the blessing uh Isaac ends up giving the blessing. Which the blessing would be the place right. of, of of leadership of the family. Right. You are the, the head of the family from right. now on. So, A lot of good it did him. Yeah. <laughs> because what happens right after that? Jacob's like, crap, he's going to kill me. And he runs. Yeah, and, and so he, hides he out. ends up and goes and catches other people's heels for a while. Right. Um, and then they catch his heel, too. Yeah, he kind of catches it, you know, here and there, but... <laughs> But anyway, the point there being Jacob, even though he didn't deserve it, even though he wasn't born to it, he ended up receiving the blessing right. over the one who was intended. Yeah. And so once again, we're dealing with this same thing. And, you know, if we continue through this family, man, it just keeps happening. Right. I mean, because, okay, we know all this stuff happens with Jacob and he goes off and he finds uh, more than one 
<laughs> wife out through the big mess of yeah. of, of uh, poor ugly Leia, comedy and, of errors, and beautiful uh, <laughs> Rachel. Yeah, poor Leia. Man, I mean, this I, would I make really a great th- movie, by the I way. I feel so sorry for her. I mean, it's like wow. It's like <laughs> she didn't deserve this either. You know, I don't know, but but anyway, especially whenever it says things like you know, whenever um, uh, what is he doing? Uh, when he's going back to see Esau years and years and years later, he's afraid Esau's going to bring his whole army oh, and, yeah. and wipe them out, right? So what's he do? He puts Leah and her children at the front and puts Rachel right. and her children at the back right. to protect them. So, I mean, this is a huge thing of favoritism going on in this family too. And so you have uh, th- th- this whole thing happening with... okay. <laughs> Jacob getting his women and getting 12 kids. Right. Okay. And, and his, his name was changed to Israel. 12 kids and one daughter. 12 <laughs> boys and one daughter. Right, right, right. And, and whoo. Poor don't daughter. Me, don't mess with her. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> you get into some real trouble with those brothers. And so, uh, but anyway, uh, then it happens again to him. He's got, now he's got 12, these 12 sons that he has to, uh, deal with in the family reuben is the firstborn now obviously reuben should be the one to receive the blessing right well no <laughs> reuben not only doesn't get the blessing but oh hold on real quick remember romans 9 the famous I, uh it's basically a calvinistic chapter you know i'll that, have mercy upon whom yeah. i'll have mercy on. what does he say jacob have i loved but esau have i hated from the womb yeah hated yes. from the womb yeah, in yeah. other words god it, this wasn't this wasn't just tricking here this was god having authority yes. and choosing god's blessing them. god's blessing jacob because you know and israel becomes the father of the nations right right the 12 tribes of israel wow. come straight from him yeah i mean <laughs> this messed up dude and it kind of it kind of gives us an understanding as to why israel was so on again off again oh, messed yeah. up in their they wrestled with god yes oh man this whole time ever. so sorry go ahead okay so reuben is the firstborn yes. of this tribe and he is the one who naturally should be um the one who receives the blessings however right. there's all kinds of crazy stuff that happens throughout the course of these 12 guys yeah. lives and it all centers around one of the children right the 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 once again the one that was the <laughs> effeminate one who stayed at home joseph joseph yeah jo- joseph is one of the guys no, the, one, the dreamer that that saw yes, the visions. yes everyone's working and he's home dreaming <laughs> right god is actually blessing joseph and joseph is a uh, man talk about inspiring yeah. joseph's story is so inspiring He's one of the few people mentioned in the Bible where there's nothing negative really Not a single said thing, yeah. about him. Yeah. I mean, everybody else has their apparent flaws, and I'm sure Joseph had flaws, right. but we don't hear about them. Right. In fact, we hear of a, this guy who just perseveres like yeah. crazy and ends up in a great place through humbleness and God's blessings. Yeah. So, uh, so long story short, uh, all the sons betrayed Joseph, sold him into slavery. He ended up in Egypt, Egypt yeah. where he then was accused of trying to attack his his boss's wife, right. got thrown into jail, spent time in this prison, and then through um, a series of events with other prisoners, yeah. ended up becoming uh, a 
counselor to Pharaoh. Right, second in charge of all of Egypt. And his and his counsel was so good, Pharaoh put him in charge right. of tons of stuff. Right. And then when it comes back for him to reunite with his family, he's in a little <laughs> different position, right? Right. <laughs> so anyway, the birthright ended up going through this guy. Right. Instead of, now he was like way down the line. So he wasn't the firstborn son. He was the second to the last, wasn't he? Right, right. So, because uh, Benjamin was the youngest, youngest one. Yeah. And uh, so, but anyway, so once again, you have this case of not the not the firstborn. Right. Somebody else being chosen. Uh, there are some other honorable mentions I'll throw out there. Um, Judah, who was one of the sons right. of, of uh, Israel, of Jacob. Uh, Judah had twins right. named Perez and Zerah. Uh-huh. Okay, and it was very important to know when twins were born which one came out first. Right, because Be- that was the firstborn. Because that determined who was going to be the one to get sure. everything. And obviously, you know, we had Jacob catching the heel of Esau. Well, in this case, you had this kind of a, another struggle happening in the womb, and you had an arm come out first. Well, they said, hurry up, put something on the arm so we we'll know which right. one. That one's the firstborn. And so they put this scarlet ribbon right. on his hand so they would know. Well, then the other child came out first. <laughs> so in a turn of events, right there in the womb, right. the yeah, secondborn the child, second child received all the blessing. Right. <laughs> so, so it happens again. <laughs> Joseph himself comes out of Egypt with a wife and Two kids. Right. These kids' names were Ephraim and Manasseh. Right. Um, once again, they were adopted by into this patriarchal family by Jacob, and Jacob blesses them as he would his own children. Right. However, to Joseph's confusion, he blesses the younger one over the eldest one. <laughs> Which is strange again, and yeah. and and you know uh, Joseph is even saying, "Hey, wait, 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 wait a second, Dad," and he's like, "Not nope, this is the way it happens." Yep. <laughs> well, I, you know, and you wonder, <laughs> you know, Joseph's looking at it confused, but Jacob's like, "Yep, been there, done that." Yep, I know I'm, I'm gonna bless the younger one because <laughs> I was the younger let's, one. Let's save a little, right? Uh, uh, a little uh, pain here, and go ahead and get this out of the way now, right? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he blesses uh the the, the youngest one of That's those great. two children. And uh of course they actually become part of the tribes of Israel. Right, everyone Manasseh became. Right. And and that's a big weird thing. There's actually thirteen tribes, but they're always numbered twelve. Right. It just depends on which one's in favor at the time and what they're doing right. as to which ones are numbered. Uh so anyway, further down the line, we have uh David. Okay, so we're all the way up to King David at this point. And uh David had a bunch of kids. Um, he had a lot of drama with his children. Tons of them, yeah. Um, and his dr- the drama uh, stemmed basically from his sin with Bathsheba. Yeah. And he was it, God had told him the sword will never leave your home. Right. And hold on, let's uh, before we go to da- David's kids. I was just thinking, what about David himself? David yeah. was chosen oh, as the, good point. the youngest. He was the one that even Jesse didn't even want to bring him in because he, he was right. just the right. worthless one. Yeah. And what happens is... <laughs> he's uh, a little kid. Yeah. And the other ones are soldiers. Right. And he's like, I don't want your oldest one. I don't want your middle one. That the youngest, that little boy over here, that's the one that, that God has chosen right. to be the next right. king of Israel. It's, 
You see this pattern. Yes, it over. constantly is happening. Right. Okay. And so, anyways. Okay. So we so have David becomes king. Has three. Has has a bunch of kids. Oh yeah. Um, and um, he's got um, Absalom was. Oh, I mean, yeah. the, 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 Absalom tried to overthrow the whole kingdom. I mean, it was just craziness going on. Right. Um. Well, he happens to have near the end of his life three children, who, um or involved in this decision about who's going to take over the throne. Right. And um, through Bathsheba's influence, he blesses Solomon to be king. Now, Amnon and Daniel were both older than Solomon and thus should have been blessed over Solomon. However, <laughs> because of his love for Bathsheba, he chooses, he chooses to bless yeah. Solomon as the next king. Right. So uh, once again, it's like, let's forget tradition and let's go with the with this this lower son. Okay, so what does all this mean? We've been bouncing around all this this as a type. So right. what is the what is the type that's being built here? Um, let's let's start into it's going to the New Testament and look a little bit about uh, Jesus because he talks about this stuff. And um <clears throat> Very first time he 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 really talks about it, or I say one of the times he talks about it is in Luke 15, which is the the story that many of us will know right off the bat, the story of the prodigal son. Right. Okay. In the story of the prodigal son, you have this this younger son. The older son stays at home uh, with dad. The younger son says, "No, I'm off to see the world. Give me my inheritance now." He takes what's his and leaves, parties, yeah. blows it all away. Yeah. Comes comes back to dad in a poor condition. Right. Saying, I'm not even worthy to be a son, just let me be a servant. And he is welcomed with open arms. And guess who isn't happy about it? Huh. The older Right, the son. older son. Wait a second. He already had his blessing. Right. What do you mean kill a fatted calf? What right. are you talking about? <laughs> yes. And so there's a point that Jesus is starting to make now about that older son. Right. That there's something wrong with the older son. There's something wrong with that older son getting everything, getting yeah. all the blessings. Uh, there is something to be said about blessing a younger son, even past his inheritance. Yeah, you know he's already got his inheritance. Now he's getting more. You know, there's something else that's going on. There. Right. Um, there's the parable of the workers, which is in Matthew 20. Um, I'm going to jump over there and read that right quick because it's a really cool story that I think that we can use a, a lot in our um, in our daily lives because. I've worked with lots of people that are disgruntled with their fellow employees. Right. And this kind of, of, of plays into that, uh, too. So Matthew, oh, and I went to the wrong chapter, Matthew 20. Yes. Matthew verses one through six. 20. Yeah. You got it pulled up there. I'm almost there. I bet you're quicker. Okay. I got it here in, in CV again. The kingdom of heaven is like a person who owns some land. One morning he went out very early to hire some people to work in his vineyard. The man agreed to pay the workers one coin for working that day, and then he sent them into the vineyard to work. Now about 9 o'clock, the man went to the marketplace, and he saw some other people standing there doing nothing. And he said to them, If you go and work in my vineyard, I will pay you what your work is worth. So they went to work in the vineyard, and the man went out again. About 12 o'clock and 3 o'clock did the same thing. About 5 o'clock, the man went into the marketplace again and saw others standing there. And he asked them, why did you stand here all day doing nothing? And they answered, no one gave us a job. The man said to them, then you can go work in my vineyard. And at the end of the day, 
the owner of the vineyard said to the boss of all the workers, call the workers and pay them. Start with the last people I hired and end with the first. Right. When the workers who were hired at 5 o'clock came to get their pay, each received a coin. When the workers who were hired first came to get their pay, they thought they would get paid more than the others. But each one of them also received one coin. When they had got their coin, they complained to the man who owned the land. They said those people were hired last and worked only an hour. But you paid them the same as you paid us who worked hard all day in the hot sun. And the man who owned the vineyard said to one of those workers, friend, I'm being fair to you. You agreed to work for one coin. So take your pay and go. I want to give the man who is hired last the same pay that I gave you. I can do what I want with my own money. Are you jealous because I am good to those people? So those who are last now will someday be first, and those who are first will now will someday be, be last. last. Yep. So Jesus is starting to all of a sudden tie in this whole type that has been happening all throughout the Old Testament. He still hasn't made it perfectly clear yet. But he's making this point right? that just because you come in last doesn't mean you're going to receive less. In fact, you could be blessed even more right. for doing less. Uh, it just it, It's just a, a, a God's pattern yeah. that he's building here. Well, and it's God's, God's desire and God's choice also. Who are we to say what's fair and what's not fair? Right. God is God. What's fair is going to be fair to God, and what's not fair is well, going to be not fair It's the same God. thing that the father in the parable of the prodigal son right. told the older son. Well, how have I cheated you? Yeah. <laughs> you're not cheated. You're still blessed. You're, you, the, yeah, you're the son. You, what you, what's, what's your problem? Yeah, quit crying about it because yeah. quit being jealous. Stop being a little girl. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, but where it really starts to get messy on this topic is sure. in, is in uh, the fourth chapter of Luke. <clears throat> we have what's going on in here is Jesus goes to start his ministry. This is like the, one of the first place he goes. He goes home right. to Nazareth, and he goes to the to the synagogue, yeah. and he reads there <laughs> from uh, Isaiah 61 and says, Today, this is fulfilled in your ears. I've right. been anointed to go to the poor, to go to the, the hungry, and to go to the, those that are enslaved, and to give them freedom, and to preach the word to them. This is my appointment, and this is my mission. And then they all start picking up stones. To stone well, him. they get all upset. They start yelling at him. And 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 he he basically well they say, "Aren't you Joseph's son? Wait a second, yeah. don't we know you?" And his he makes this whole point that a a prophet is never accepted in his own country, right? And and there's wisdom in that statement alone when you stop and think about it because. You know, how many times have, have you, you know, grown up in a community, everybody knows you, whatever, and then all of a sudden you become a preacher or something, and you start saying things, people don't want to listen to you, because it's like, wait a minute, you're that crazy kid that used to <laughs> throw dirt in, put dirt in my hair. It's so, so true. Why, why in the world should I listen to you? Yeah, I was watching this uh, this movie with my wife the other night, and this guy who grew up in the family, they they used to call him Boner, and he grew up <laughs> in the family, and he was just this idiot, and, uh, and he becomes the rabbi for the <laughs> their church, their, their synagogue, and they're like all making fun of him and saying, "Hey, voter, remember when you tried to get to the second base with my sister oh, and all wow. this stuff?" He's like, "Shut up, I'm a rabbi now." You know, it's exactly <laughs> exactly true. right. And yeah. so Jesus is saying, hey, "Look, I'm not going to be good anywhere with you guys, you right. guys." And so he starts to actually get a little upset with them 
because they're not listening to what he's saying. They're not accepting him as who he is. And so what does he do? He starts bringing up stuff. Yeah. He brings up, uh, he's like, wait a second. It's just like Naaman. You know, he's like, Elijah, you know, took care of that guy. And and wasn't, weren't there other lepers? Yeah. Weren't there other lepers? But he took care of Naaman. Yeah. And then he goes, well, what about, uh, what about, what about Isaiah? You know, uh, or, um, no, Elijah again. He was like, "What about uh, Elijah and the Zero widow of the widow, yeah, yeah. Of, of Sidon?" He says, "Weren't there weren't there plenty of widows in the land? Yeah. Why did he take care of her?" And th- at this point, they get so mad, they pick up rocks and start to. Well, they they try to throw him off of a cliff. Right <laughs> now, of course, he uses his vanishing trick that happens two or three times, and he's out of their midst. But the point is, why were they mad? What was it that, that he said about, what is it about Naaman and about this woman of Sidon? They're not Jews. They're not Jews. They were Gentile people. Right. And he was basically saying to them, look, you won't listen to me. Yeah. But I will take my message to people who will listen. Right. Which are not the firstborn of God. Right. Okay. So this all of a sudden starts opening up the door and, and seeing what this type has been about all the time. Sure. It's been about the fact that Israel is the firstborn of God. But we, as Gentiles, are now being receiving the blessing. We're going to get the blessing, yeah. And receiving the birthright for something that we weren't born into. Right. We weren't, we weren't born to inherit this stuff, but we're receiving it anyway. Um, Matthew 22. Uh, let's jump over there right quick. Matthew 22 and verse, uh, the, f- the first 14 verses there. And ju- Let's see here. Matthew. What do you got over there? Well, I don't have it. I have it only in the, I have the Holman. Okay, go for it. All right, Matthew 22 and the first what? 14 verses. Okay. Once more, Jesus spoke to them in parables. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent out the slaves to summon those who were invited to the banquet, but they didn't want to come. Again, he sent out other slaves and said, Tell those who were invited, Look, I prepared my dinner. My oxen and fatted calf have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went away, uh, one to his own farm, another to his business. And others seized his slaves, treated them outrageously, and killed them. The king was enraged, so he sent out his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned down their city. Then he told his slaves, The banquet is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Therefore, go to where the road exit the city and invite anyone you find to the banquet. So the slaves went out on the roads and gathered everyone they found, both evil and good. The wedding banquet was filled with guests. Keep, keep on going. Okay. But when the king came in to view the guest, he saw a man there who was not dressed uh, for a wedding. So he said to him, friend, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? The man was speechless. The king told the attendants, tie him up, hand and foot, throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For, the, uh, for many are invited, but few are chosen. Okay, so cool. We have this new parable that ties into the same concept. Right. I've got a family of people. And I want them to come to my wedding. Yeah. But there's they got too many other things to do. They're yeah. not interested in coming. 
and he gets way upset with them <laughs> to the fact that he's saying, go kill them all. You know, right. whatever. I mean, he's, he's upset with them. So he says, go invite anybody who'll listen. Yeah. And isn't that what Jesus does now? Sure. I mean, now, and even in Acts is when it began, but, but even now, when anyone who listens right. is welcome to Jesus's wedding and, and we become part of his family through that. Now, the thing about the wedding garment, I want to just make a quick uh, description about this. This has nothing to do with obedience. It, no. has, it has to do with, with not being universalism. So right. in other words, what he's saying is that not every Gentile is going to be saved because of this. Right. There is a, a something on their part that I require, yeah. and that is that they, they put on my clothes. They must put on Christ. Exactly. exactly. So, you know, we've got all this, this uh, these passages in the New Testament about being clothed in his righteousness, yeah. uh, being putting on Christ, like you said there in Galatians. Th- these are all um, uh, metaphors of coming into him and accepting this offer. Right. You're not just straggling in because there's free wine. Right. You're, you feel like part of the family. You're putting on right. a new garment. And so the people that come in who aren't wearing Christ, who aren't part of, it's like, what are you doing? I right. mean, the people who were invited in actually put new clothes on. Right. became something new. If you're just hanging out to be hanging out, then you're going to be going Get out. Get out, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Now, it's amazing. Um, I parallel this verse a lot with Romans chapter 10, mm-hmm. uh, where Paul is saying, man, I wish it was for my benefit. Or I, uh, He, in fact, says, brothers, my heart uh, desire and prayer to God for them that they may be saved. He, he, his, his right. desire is that who's the they in that, that the scripture Israel. is Israel, okay? Right. But God has rejected them mm-hmm. so that he could bring in. He hardened their hearts. And, uh, he hardened their right. hearts so that if you look through chapter 10 and 11, he hardens their hearts so they can bring in the other wedding guests. Mm-hmm. But in the end, the Bible says, uh, in Romans, it says that in the end, whenever Jesus comes back, a lot of their hearts are going to be soften and they're going to receive Christ in right, the end, right. which is really cool. So it's like the second son is getting the benefit right now, mm-hmm. but the first son is going to come to acknowledge too. Well, and at least that's what his prayer is. His prayer is right. that all of them right. will be saved and that God will have mercy upon whom he'll have mercy on. Sure. And it's not up to us as the adopted sons coming in to say, nope, you're out. Right. You know, and, and pull the, you know, a heel catching thing. Right. We need to remember who <laughs> so, we were to begin with. Right, right. So uh, so anyway, this comes to fruition in Acts. We see here where uh, Peter receives the vision uh, that now things that were previously unclean are now being made clean. Yeah. And he tells him eat in the vision. He says, eat these these unclean animals. He's like, no, <laughs> I will never eat these animals. <laughs> but I'm like, dude, they're pretty delicious. Man. <laughs> Try the bacon. Yeah. Try it. <laughs> <laughs> so and and then of course this this comes to f- complete fruition in chapter ten with Cornelius and the Romans that right. that, that convert. Um, but you also have um, uh, s- several verses that talk about the ministry being made to him. I, I just want to, as a concluding reading, look at the end of Acts because Paul was he felt called to these people, right? And and you know Peter basically 
he accepted it, but he didn't truly embrace it like he didn't get it all the way. And we know that because of the way he dealt with the Galatians. Yeah. Paul had actually come down on him because he wasn't stopping the separation right. between the Gentiles and the Jews. He was still seeing a little bit of a divide there. But, uh, you know, uh, if we look at the last part of Acts, in the last few verses there, I'm gonna be, this is Acts 28, beginning in verse 25. Um, it says, So they argued and began leaving after Paul said one more thing to them. The Holy Spirit spoke the truth to your ancestors through Isaiah the prophet, saying, Go to this people and say, You will listen and listen, but you will not understand. You will look and look, but you will not learn. Because these people have become stubborn. They don't hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might really understand what they see with their eyes and hear with their ears. Mm. They might really understand in their minds and come back to me and be healed. Yeah, of course, he's quoting um, Isaiah. Oh, man, I totally lost my verse. Isaiah 6 and verse 9 through 10. Uh, and then he continues. He says, I want you to know that God has also sent his salvation to all nations, and they will listen. After Paul said this, the Jews left. They were arguing very much with each other. <laughs> so yeah. he, he was very, very passionate about this. And, of course, uh, you know, I'm sure that Isaac and Esau and um, Ephraim and Solomon yeah. and David and... Uh, all these guys came out, I'm sure, in Paul's <laughs> teachings. Yeah, because that's the type that he that was set up for what he's teaching. Right, was that yes, he can show it all the way through. There was there was a family blessing that was supposed to go to this firstborn, the nation of Israel, but because of their rejection, he has chosen a new son right to receive the blessings yeah. and that is us yep and we have that charge and Oof. because we have that charge we got to make sure that we are we we take on that responsibility sure. and 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 understand how great of a gift it is oh, yeah. we should be like the prodigal son yeah in that we come as servants yeah we're not worthy at all, nothing makes us worthy. We're not worthy of the birthright. We're not right. worthy of the inheritance, but he is embracing us, giving us that hug and saying, you are my son who was <laughs> lost and is now found. Yeah. And we have become brought into the family. Joint heirs so. with Jesus. Awesome. That's so. awesome. Powerful stuff, man. Yeah, so that's just the kicking off of our types, types and shadows um, thing. Good stuff. So, okay, so... Uh, one more thing I wanted to mention before we go. Yes. The podcast awards. Woo! Thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank yes, you. yes, yes. Thank you. Yep. I deserve it. I mean, I, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, well, you know. <laughs> if you would like to bestow a blessing and a birthright. <laughs> on somebody who doesn't deserve on it. On somebody who does not deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. The 10th Annual Podcast Awards Show is going to be happening on April 14th, 2015 in Las Vegas, somewhere, whatever. But 
you can nominate any podcast you want right. for several categories. And you can find this at podcastawards.com. Yeah. Now, why do we tell you about this? <laughs> because we're a podcast. That's right. We want to be nominated. <laughs> you should totally nominate us. Just come right out there and say it. Yeah, I'm not not afraid. Yeah. <laughs> we're spreading the gospel of Jesus, so you should totally do that because right. it'll spread the gospel. <laughs> right, right. So, okay. So, um, there are several ways you can, you can uh, do this, but go to podcastawards.com, and from right there... You can put in the URL for our podcast show right. and and post it into any of these categories that you see there. But I would suggest the religion and inspiration category is probably where you want to put us. Yeah. Uh, but aside from that, vote for Finding Christ in Cinema. Yes, do that. Vote. That's who I'm voting for. Yes, those are our older brothers. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so let's and and I, I can say that with all honesty because Michael is older than me and you are older <laughs> than Brendan. There you go. <laughs> well, I mean, wait a minute. So that didn't make that didn't work. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Go vote for them anyway, right. because we're all part of the GCT network, Woo. and we want to try and get the, the the word of God out to as many people as possible. That's and right. if we've been a, a, any type of blessing to you in either one of our podcasts. Uh, go out there, put it put it into this, and and let other people know about us. Right. Even if we don't win, get the a, word out. It that's is an all, honor. That's right. Just to be nominated. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> nice job. Man. So here we at, here at the GCT Network, we are trying to use new media to go into all the world and proclaim the good news to everyone. To find out more, you can partner with us. And uh, do that by going to gctnetwork.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter and stay up to date with all the latest from all of our shows, including The Theonauts and Finding Christ in Cinema. Finding Christ in Cinema. There are several ways to contact us and lead feedback. Send us an email to theonauts at gctnetwork.com. Call us on our voicemail line. 972-885-7270. 972-885-7270. We haven't got to play one of those lately. No, we haven't. So give us some voicemails That's so we right. can talk to you. Listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or your favorite podcast portal. And don't forget to leave us comments there and rate us. Tweet to us on Twitter using at Theonautical. Like us on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash Theonauts. Follow us on Instagram at Theonauts. And don't forget to tune in again to explore the vast reaches of God's Word. All right. Thanks for being here, Jeremiah. Thanks, David. And God bless you all. Bye. This has been the Theonauts Podcast. Call us with your questions or comments at 972-885-7270. That's 972-885-7270. Love to hear from you. You are tuned in to the GCT Network. This is your Great Commission Transmission at GCTNetwork.com. This is your Great Commission Transmission. Transmission. (laughs) I wrote a book.